On today's episode of Rice, we'll be discussing reading and literature, plus the White Tiger, Gorilla Glue Hairspray, Justin Timberlake, Trump's second impeachment, and more. What up, what up, worldwide Asians, and welcome to Rice Asian Comedy Podcast, where we share the Asian perspective on entertainment, culture, and trending topics. We are recording this episode live on Monday, February the 8th, um, the day after the Super Bowl. And uh, if you enjoy this show, uh, help us grow by leaving a five-star review on Apple iTunes or Spotify. I'm your host, Vong Show, official spokesperson for gay, super cute Asians. And on our panel today, we've got Leonard Chan. Ahoy, ahoy. And Veronica Antipolo. I'm not sure what that was, but hello. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, great. So let's jump into our main topic of the weekend. Uh, The main topic of the week is reading and literacy and how that's incorporated into Asian Canadian culture. So I'll, I'll just sort of start with like, you know, my mom didn't really want me to read because she thought if I read too much that it'd make me go blind. So she would literally, <laughs> yeah, I had to like read in secret. That's what my mom told me I'd go blind overdoing. I'll tell you that. Oh. <laughs> How's your eyesight? <laughs> who, who said that? <laughs> who <Yeah>. said that? <laughs> you know, the funny thing is when, when I went to get my glasses in junior high school, she said, I told you so. I told you you're reading too much shit. Um, so, yeah, so that was the importance of reading in my household. How about uh, how about you, Veronica? Oh, I was, I, that's all I did. As a matter of fact, my friends made fun of me, in, I think up until my 20s, because I read anything. If I was at a party and there was a pamphlet, a mag, I was reading it. I read 1984, 1984. I was like 11. Oh my God. I read, yeah, I read A Handmaid's Tale at the same age. And oh. I just, not because I was specifically like smart. It's just because, um, they made us read it in school. <laughs> no, not even that. I read it on my own. My at oh, home, oh. I would get bored, and my mom just had a bookshelf of books, and I was like, I, "I'm going to read." Um, and so those were the books that were on that shelf. So I read those really early. It scared the shit out of me. 1984. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can imagine the reality we're living in right now. <laughs> yeah, but imagine reading it at 11. I was like, mm. <laughs> "Oh my god, the world is ending this year in grade six. Yeah. Or five or whatever, yeah. Like, ah, where's Big Brother? Big Brother's everywhere. We've always been at war with East Asia. We've always been at war with East Asia. Exactly. <laughs> so reading has been a part of uh, my life. I actually don't read that much anymore. I have a bunch of books, mm. so it looks like I read a lot. But if you look at the spine, they're not even cracked open. So <laughs> all I do is watch Netflix. That's it. <laughs> well, you know what? At least the spines of your books are real books. I remember my, my boyfriend who actually loves reading reading and he has like all these books um displayed in our apartment now he he kind of was really sad because um i was gonna order these these books from i read the website it's called pretty books or whatever but you sort of like send them the color scheme of your room and they sell you like books that like 
you're not meant to read. It's just the spines are pretty enough to go with your uh, <laughs> with your color scheme. So he, uh, he did not agree with that. But I thought it was a great idea. Like, who really reads? But if, if the books have to be there, they might as well be pretty, you know? You're going to put up bookshelves. I'm going to put up pretty books. Um <laughs> And never read them. Uh, let's go over to uh, to Leonard. How was reading something that your parents instilled in you? Um, yeah. Well, I read Fahrenheit 451. I got some good ideas from it. And that's the last book I read. Oh. No. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Literature joke. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, I just watched Netflix. So I was like, oh, yeah, I believe that. <laughs> mm. Um, no, I mean, I read a ton when I was a kid. It's all I did. It was like, oh my goodness, it like, like drop me in a WH Smith and oh my leave me alone, and that would be it. Like I'd just be doing that. I read constantly. I was like the I was the kind of kid who would like stay up till four in the morning reading, like oh. even not to get up the next day, like yeah. to go to school. But like, no, I got to finish this book, and like I would just, oh. I read everything. Like Michael Crichton, I read nineteen eighty four, Handmaid's Tale, yeah, Brave yeah. New World, like mm. those Brave, classics. Yeah. Uh, James Clavell for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> oh. I'm learning uh, so much about both of you. I I really only, there were two books I read when I was young that I liked um, and kind of shaped my worldview. Uh, one was uh, Animal Farm. Um, and the okay. other one was Lord of the Flies. And it's, right. if, if you want to know like my outlook on the world, it's pretty much Lord of the Flies. Like, you know how people are like, oh, you know, you have to like, Babies are innocent and you have to teach them to be evil. I was like, no, humans are evil and you need to give them enough reasons to live in a society so that so they in- <laughs> yeah, so that they can see that being in a society is helpful to them because humans are greedy and they're evil. And if you don't like give them a reason to not be evil, they'll just eat each other. Who's the piggy in your life? Wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you know who Piggy was? Piggy was that one. So for those who don't know, I grew up in the ghetto and in my school. <laughs> <laughs> at, at my school, we had we had this one white kid and it, only oh. one white kid in our whole school. It was like all Asians. Um, and we used to beat him up every day so that uh, he would yeah. be Piggy. That was the Piggy. <laughs> yeah. was, that, was that your favorite book then or what? That, you know, I did really like that book because it really resonated with how I saw the world. I was like, you know, <laughs> bitches are evil. Just kill or be killed. Fuck all y'all. Wow. It's pretty much. You should read, you should read, ah, shit, what's it called? It was, it was the, the Japanese Hunger Games. Oh, Battle Royale. Yeah, Battle so, Royale. Yeah, so speaking of Battle Royale and other manga, I would say, so I love manga. I I grew up reading um, uh, the, the Naruto series, which I think is like one of the best um, series. I know it seems like it's for kids and it's like Dragon Ball, but it's really not. It's really very well detailed and he really takes the art of writing um, much more seriously than, uh, than than you would think for that medium. Um, and I grew up reading comic books, so I guess for me, I just need a bit of, like, visualness to the words. Yeah, you just need pictures in your books, that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, I, I, I will say, I think part of the reason why I was drawn to manga was because it was my only exposure to Asian writers because, like, novels didn't really get translated. So my question to, uh, to the panel is, like, did you have much of a chance to be exposed to, like, Asian writers as you were growing up? Um, Go ahead. So I, I remember, too. So, um, oh, God, I don't remember her name, but Amy Sandra... Tan. Happy Amy Tan. Amy, yes, of course. I read. I read. <laughs> I, read both, yeah. Tan, I read so. the two books, Joy Luck Club, and uh, what's the other the one? Sandra's daughter. Yeah. Wait, and there's the a other... sequel. What, what? What's this book? The Bone well, Setter's Daughter. I don't know if it's a sequel. Yeah. No, Sandra. and there's oh. another one. A, th- <laughs> a thousand or something. Some number. So, anyways, um, and then there was that one that Sandra O. Oh, it was like the first movie I remember seeing her in. It's, oh, Double Happiness. No, 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 no. She was really young. It was someone's diary. Someone in Vancouver was an Asian writer. It was basically her diary uh, when she became a prostitute at 16 or whatever. Mm. I remember what it was called. But uh, that's that's the Joy Luck Club and that book. That was my exposure to Asian writers, which probably explains a lot about me. Um, I'll tell you what it is. I have it up here on Google. The name of that book is, which is it's a very good book. It's called um, The Diary of Evelyn Lau. There you mm. go. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Um, and I guess uh, I'll just throw, throw out this final question on this topic is, like, where, where do you think um, reading fits into society now? Like, is it something that will slowly die out like I do? Um, or do you think there's still a place for books and literature? You know, outside of, I guess, audiobooks will be around because people need something on while they vacuum the house. But uh, what, are, what are your thoughts? I don't know. My wife reads 125 books a year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It's crazy. Like, I wish I could read that much. Like, honestly, I'd be such a better writer and a comedian and just human if I read that many books. Like, you just, just absorbing that much information is so, like, just having all these different perspectives is so important. I agree. Uh, I just don't have the time. Like, yeah. and it's not like I don't read. Like, I'll, I'll go. See, the thing is, this, I don't read books as much anymore. I do. Like, I think, like, this year, I've probably only read, like, four or five books mm. at most, maybe four. But, like, uh, yeah, I'd love to be able to read like 50 to 100 books a year. I just don't have time. But mm. um, where I do all my reading is on the internet. Like I'm reading articles. Oh. I'm reading, like if I look, I'll just go in rabbit holes on the internet doing research. Like especially when I'm writing something, like I just, I do research. Uh, like right now I'm writing this this uh, TV show that has to do with like a whole bunch of different like ethnicities that I, of which I am none of them. So like I, mm. there's so much research I have to do to like, what is the experience of these of people like this? growing up in their country, what would it have been like for a specific type of person in this specific part of this country under these circumstances? What would all that be like? What's that experience? Like, the, the only way I'm ever going to know is by, by reading. I can't go there mm. and, and be that person. This is the closest I, as, as I'm going to get. And so, yeah. like, I'm, that's all the reading I'm doing, mainly, is just research, which... Mm. Yeah. No more reading for pleasure. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I think for me, I will admit part of it is, you know, I I, 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 I I do like reading articles and I actually like reading long form articles. Like I was addicted to like Harvard Business Review and I used to work in the business world. And I feel like if you can't get across your business idea in like 20 to 30 pages, 
I, I don't feel like you really need like two two to four hundred pages to get across what, what your business theory is. And so, you know, I definitely read a lot because of the internet and stuff. It just you know, the novel is not my favorite thing. I will say too, part of it might just be because I'm a slow ass reader. Like I'm the type oh. who like I will like I'm not saying I'm illiterate, but pretty close. Like when <laughs> like when I read a novel, I still sound out each word in my brain. Like I don't like I know when people read fast, they just eyeball it, but I like actually read it in my brain. Like I can hear the words word by word. So I read at the same speed that I talk. Oh. Oh. Well, I mean what you can do, this is a trick is instead of reading the words in your brain, just count numbers in your brain while you scan the words. And then what will happen is it will train your brain just to look at the words and immediately like interpret what that is without having your brain read it out. Yeah. Like, so yeah, like, like I can do pretty fast now. Like as soon as I, if I'm in a rhythm, it's like, yeah, it's like fast. pattern recognition. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 That's how I read too. Yeah, I, I will say though the one thing that I do use reading for is at bedtime because I'll have like my phone on and the surest way to fall asleep is for me to like read news articles. And, and you know how they say like the blue light or whatever keeps you awake? I don't know. I feel like it's counteracted by how boring reading is and it just turns my brain off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so... I love reading. How could you not love reading? It was just... <laughs> We're yeah, going to get just, into a fight again. I just, I don't understand. I mean, oh, yeah. Of course, of course he doesn't like reading. He hates poets. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> of course. It's like, words are my enemy. And you know uh, how he feels about enemies. Uh, just one poet. But you know what? I thought she did better at the Super Bowl. Amanda Gorman. Oh. I thought she she did do better. Probably because it was pre-recorded and people could cut away whenever she was hula dancing. So we didn't have to worry about her <laughs> craziness. Um, but okay, uh, thank you for uh, for diving into your childhood and reading and the importance. Um, now we are going to jump into our, our first hot topic of the day. And this segment is our recurring segment that I call This Ho Getting On My Last Nerve. And this week's <laughs> Ho of the Week or Bitch Ass Ho of the Week is Justin Timberlake. So Justin, who I've hated for a long time. Okay, this Ho, like... He's being exposed because Britney Spears has a new documentary, unauthorized documentary, and it's uh, just talking about, you know, different things in her past, but specifically about Justin Timberlake, and I need this bitch to get exposed, and I feel like this documentary is starting because people gave him such a pass in the past uh -huh. because, listen, this hoe uh, basically leveraged his slut shaming of Britney Spears to promote his first album. Like he had all these videos showing, you know, like with a body double of Britney Spears being like a hoe in his videos and cheating on him and all this shit. And then when Britney Spears was going around telling everybody she's a virgin, he had the nerve to give an interview and basically was like, she ain't no virgin. I did that bitch. And it's like, obviously not in those words, but like, you can't say that Justin, <laughs> You can't say that shit. Like, stop slut-shaming people to get ahead in life. And then, of course, uh, you know, how he did J Janet Jackson dirty at the Super Bowl, I still will never forget. And, you know, <laughs> he got to come back and do the Super Bowl. There's no repercussions for this hoe. I hope this documentary 
It's like, can somebody get like me too'd like retroactively? Can we me too this bitch? Like this hoe is just getting on my nerve. What? What? <laughs> let's uh, let's go to the panel on what your thoughts are on this Justin Timberlake saga. Expose. <laughs> I just watched it. I just watched mm. the Britney documentary, and the Justin Timberlake park at park part is actually not. It's very small in the documentary. Mm. Um, and I actually had forgotten about that whole slut shaming thing. And that, mm-hmm. to be honest, I think probably I just was like, yeah, she's a slut. And I, you know, I realized now I'm like, that's, that's really just messed up. And my goal is as a woman is to slut shame, shame every man that I've been with. I'm coming for all of you. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Justin is a hoe. Let's, yeah. let's yeah. trend. <laughs> He's a dick in a box. He's a dick in a box. He is. He is. Um, he's cute, though. He's cute. But, like, yeah, man, he, like, got away, like, you know, he got away clean from all these things for yeah. a long time. Like, Janet Jackson, the whole thing, like, everybody blamed it on her. It was like, he's the one who ripped it off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He threw yeah. her under the bus so hard. Ugh. And it's crazy because like after that like the like the fcc like cracked down on so many things that people were so afraid of like taking risks on tv because it's like set it set television back like years years mm-hmm. it's crazy like of the of everybody who you thought was gonna like ruin entertainment of the of all the jacksons did we really think it was gonna be janet <laughs> no and the crazy no, thing is <laughs> and the crazy thing is, Janet Jackson's next album was like one of her best ever, and it totally tanked. Like, I still mm-hmm. love that first single. So, and now nobody really, you know, how there's like that Mariah Carey hashtag justice for glitter, and it became number one like 20 years later. We need a justice for Janet Jackson that album. Yeah. <laughs> I think the single was called that. Feedback. Listening to it is one of her best singles ever. Hashtag justice for feedback. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Justin Timberlake, he's from a boy band called InSync, for God's sake. He had like, he had those highlights in his hair. What do you expect? Come on. Like, uh, can't expect much from someone like that. God, he's yeah, got any. Yeah, and that guy like went through, like, I mean, who's you to slut shame anybody? Like, have you read his, like, his resume, like, 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 it's like Cameron Diaz, Scarlett Johansson, fucking Olsen twins or something. I don't know. Wow, both of them? I don't know. It's a long list. I don't know. I remember like, it's, it's a lot. It's like a, it's like a who's who. If you're like, oh, (laughs) wow. Way to go. I mean, this is, of course, this is why he got a lifetime achievement award. This makes sense. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Don't ever trust anyone with frosted tips. That's my tip. Well, there you go. There you go. Let's hope Justin finally gets what he deserves after all these years. Even though Brittany came out and said, you know, don't attack Justin. We're all cool. I don't want hatred. Sorry, Brittany. I can't I can't listen to you. Like this hoe <laughs> needs to get what he deserves. Um Yeah. I respect you, but not your wishes. Yes. Right. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, on to our next topic, and this topic I'm going to call Why You Wasting My Time With This Shit, and it is about Donald Trump's second impeachment is starting this week, and don't get me wrong, listen, I do think that Donald Trump needs like his comeuppance, 
he cannot, you know, get away with all this shit. There must be consequences. But one thing I don't understand is, like, he doesn't have presidential protection anymore. So we don't even need the impeachment. We can just go after this hoe. Like, you know how they're like, oh, you know, he might not be in office, but impeachment will... You know, stop him from running for office. You know what also stops him running from office? Is being charged with a felony and going to Guantanamo Bay, okay? We can prevent his ass that way. Why is this hoe not getting sued? Why is he not getting charged? I don't want no impeachment shit. What the hell does that do? It's basically just like censuring him. Like, no, we need him to go to jail. I don't want no soft ass impeachment shit. I want Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's go to our uh, our panel. What do you think is the impeachment something worth worthwhile um, to go through, or is it just a waste of time? It's absolutely worthwhile. If you don't do it, then it's like saying, "Yeah, this is fine." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the guy incited an insurrection <laughs> against the, his own country. He like irreparably damaged democracy. I know, and inciting inciting an insurrection is like, I think it's like treason is like punchable by death or some shit. Like, let's go after that. Let's let's go after that. That's why I'm not saying to let him get away with it. I'm saying, okay, fine, do impeachment because you, you could do more than one thing at once, but... I'm just mad because, you you know, I don't see any charges coming at him. He's not protected anymore. And you know how, like, all these bitches are getting sued, Rudy Giuliani for $1.3 billion, Fox News for $2.7 billion. Why is Donald Trump's name not in those lawsuits? We need to go after this hoe. I want, I do want consequences. I just want bigger consequences than impeachment. He's he's going to face civil suits. Mm. I mean, that's partially the reason why he didn't pardon himself is because he was told, like, if you pardon yourself, then it's going to be way easier for people to get civil judgments against you. Mm. Uh, So he was like, all right, fine. Uh, But that's the only reason. Mm. Uh, And the reason why, like, some of his other lawsuits, like, haven't panned out is because he he fucking waited. He he had a strategy of running off the clock to avoid accountability and it worked. Uh, he dragged his feet in court. He got to evade subpoenas for his tax returns. He dodged a ruling on whether his, uh, he like violated the emoluments clause of the Constitution. It's upsetting um, <laughs> because he did. He is getting away with a ton of shit. But honestly, like I think, like I've kind of reached a point where it's like, yeah, man. Like I'm just happy never having to hear about him again. Yeah. Like if he, like I don't, I don't expect justice. Like you just look at the world. Like rich people just win. You can't expect. You know, the only way rich people lose is if they piss off richer people. <laughs> That's true. Then you end up, you know, hanging yourself in a jail cell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right? Like, you just can't. Like, if you look at what happened, just look around with GameStop. Like, it's not, you know, like, rich people are just like, well, let's let's change the rules just for a bit just so we can get out of this. You know, like, well, what, you know, come on, man. Rich people are always going to win. Yeah, this is yeah. depressing. Yeah, I mean, like at a certain level, like it's just the law. It's it's no longer a matter of whether it's legal. It's a matter of whether or not it's affordable. That's yeah, all it is. And that's and Trump. You know, I think he's he's in deep with the Russians. So my hope is like he fucks up, pisses them off, and then well, it's taken care of. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, how about you, Veronica? Do you do you think the uh, impeachment trial is worthwhile, or is it just a waste of time because the Republicans have already made up their mind? I don't know. What What do you think? It's a It's a bit of both. I'm like, just yes, do it, do it because you need to just for the principle of it. But at the same time, I also feel the same way as you, Vaughn, where it's like, what's the point? I mean, not that don't do it, but I'm like, just throw that man somewhere with a like a heavy rock tied to his ankle and let that orange shit float to the top of the water. (laughs) Like I like I mean, yeah, I don't but I don't want him to die. I don't want him. Like I, I, like I, I mean, and again, just purely, if I had my, if I could snap my fingers and have my way, like I would love for him to lose all his money, mm. all his supporters, uh, realize everybody hates him, um, somehow just mm. everything, every rooster comes home like to roost. All right. Yeah. And, then he commit, and then he commits suicide. Yeah, he's, he's. I don't, I don't think know. He has I don't know. I don't, he hasn't been <laughs> no. able to kill himself. Yeah. Like, he loves himself too much. He's too much yeah. of a narcissist yeah. to kill himself. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think I said it before. I want him to have the same fate as Hitler and other crazy dictators. I want us to find him in some weird ass bunker. You know, dehydrated, <laughs> haven't eaten, and then he shoots himself in the head before people storm in. That's what I want for Donald Trump. So that is why, sure, impeach him if impeachment is like step one of like a 12-step process. Sure. I just visualized him dehydrated and I thought of those those dried mango strips. That's what you look like. Oh, no. A little hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's not he's he's not going to get convicted but no he won't Uh, i I still have hope i have hope and i feel like the only way there can be any like unifying or anything is he has to face consequences i do agree that i just think impeachment's not enough i do think he needs to go to federal prison for a long time because otherwise the risk (laughs) versus reward of being a crazy evil is not enough if the risk if the reward is being president and the risk is like being impeached like who cares there need there needs to be more there needs to be more yeah it wasn't just being president it was enriching himself at the hand you know with the office of the presidency uh and like and changing rules to enrich all his you know billionaire friends although well really more like billionaire people who used him uh, <laughs> but I mean, that's yeah. what the rich do. So I mean, I I don't know. I don't really have hope in in that in him being incarcerated in any way. Like I just, how old is he? Like I mean, seventy geez. something. Like why? He's, why? Why is he? I just like yeah. Thirty-six. You know what I want? I want him to go to like a jail, like a Big Brother house, basically. But it's like jail. But put him in there. He has got no money. They'll feed him. But he's just in there with like his like insane, most insane supporters, like like Mar- Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene, the shaman, the QAnon shaman, uh, fucking Sidney Powell, uh, <laughs> just all like the nuttiest people. And he's just yeah. stuck in there in this house, and he can't leave ever. And he's there. That's it. That's it. But I feel like he would like that. Oh, I don't think so. He hates his supporters. He hates them. 
They're uh. riffraff. He just uses them because they're stupid. Well, that's what I mean. I think he'd enjoy oh. it because Big Brother, the Big Brother house is like somewhere where, you know, if, I mean, I don't know. Actually, that would be an interesting thing to see. I, I'm down for that. I'd like to see yeah. that. Yeah. And then oh. let's see who becomes the piggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Speaking of Trump's craziest supporters, uh, a lot of them are getting sued from um, these corporate lawsuits from uh, Smartmatic and from Dominion, who um, they're the companies that run these voting machines that have their that have had their names besmirched, defamed, and so now they come in after some bitches. Okay, they are coming after some bitches, and they want their money. They are suing Fox and Friends for $2.7 billion, including Sidney Powell, um, which was one of the lawyers. Uh, Lou Dobbs just lost his number one rated show on Fox News was canceled. There's also Maria Bartiromo, Janine Pirro. Um, you know, Dominion is suing Rudy Giuliani for $1.3 billion. You know, like I said, it does annoy me that Trump's name is not on here yet. I am hoping this is just round one. We need to, if those people are getting sued for $2.7 billion, Trump needs to get sued for like $12 billion or some shit. Let's bankrupt this hoe. But my question in this segment is actually... Um, is corporate America and these defamation lawsuits the only hope for democracy? Because one thing I was thinking is I was like, okay, how do you stop Fox News and all these bitches from just spreading these lies and propaganda? And nothing has worked so far, definitely not having a conscience or having any type of journalistic standards but you know what sue a hoe for 2.7 billion all of a sudden he's off the air maybe you ain't gonna lie like a psycho hoe anymore um but on the other hand i'm like you know i'm playing this game right now cyberpunk 2077 which has its own drama but the whole thing about it is like how corporations start to take over governments and then the world is like way worse so i'm like if the only way to save democracy is through corporations and capitalism are we already screwed i don't know is this a good thing or a bad thing that suing fox news is the only way to get them to not spread propaganda um i'll open it up to the floor if there's no yeah. Fox News, there's going to be something else. So, I mean, I, I just feel like sensationalist news is not going to go away. Neither will propaganda. I, you get rid of Fox, something else will pop up. I mean, that's already kind of what's happening. Like, yeah. OAN popped up, Newsmax popped up. But I, I don't know if you saw the clip. It was hilarious. Uh, the My Pillow guy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, somehow Mike Lindell, like, I think that's his name, who's like somehow had like the ear of the president. Like, oh, God. I mean, yeah, like Biden doesn't have his pillow guy. Come on. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> anyways, like he was on Newsmax and uh, and they brought him on because they wanted to talk to him about like getting uh, banned on Twitter. And they wanted to talk about cancel culture because apparently, you know, if they're saying things that we don't like, it's cancel culture. But if they're saying things that we don't like, then it's freedom of speech. Yeah. Go figure. Um, but uh, he started talking about, like, how, oh, they they banned my Twitter because I have all the evidence for all the voting machines and blah, blah, blah. And then the Newsmax anchors were like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. Like, we're not going to talk about that because there's no evidence, blah, 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 because they were being threatened with a lawsuit for $1.3 billion. 
So they're like, no, no, no. And then eventually, like, like the, the Newsmax anchor just literally was like, he just, he just like, hey, producers, do we keep it? We do have to do this. Can we just stop? And he just got up and walked away. <laughs> oh, my it was God. Hilarious. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. Is that like, it's going to take the threat of legal action to like, because the only thing corporations really listen to is money. Money. That's it. That's the only thing. Like, mm-hmm. money is what they require to survive. It is their oxygen. If you starve them of money, then oh. they all, you got to choke them a little. Yeah. Yeah, just choke them a little bit. Yeah, oh. But you saw this, like, with like with the last days, like, if, if uh, Trump's attempt to overturn the election, like, the, the justice system is the last guardrail of democracy. Mm. I feel sad. All within that. <laughs> Yeah, just relying on capitalism and lawsuits to save democracy is just, oh, I don't know. It just feels like we're already lost. What are you going to rely on? People to do the right thing? (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) Where are you from? I mean, we know, we're from the ghetto. But like, (laughs) you should know this. Yeah, we should all just read more books, damn it. Just read more books. Yeah. Yeah. This is very sad. I'm getting very depressed as we go on further. I hope something happier comes up. This is just the world we live in. Just I know. Hey, well, <laughs> well you know, my, my my original title for this segment was We're All Doomed. So it is this, oh. this corporate America part is a little bit depressing. Um yeah. it is very the amount of money like like if you look at what these capital, like these, sorry, these, uh, these like hedge funds have, like the amount of money that's out there, like the whales, they are whales. Like we can't even comprehend, right? Like we are just like just trying yeah. to get crumbs. Yeah, like there was this story saying that Jeff Bezos could pay all his employees a um, hundred thousand dollars for every Amazon employee. And that would just cover the profits that he's made since the pandemic started. That's not even his whole fortune. That's just the money he's made since the pandemic started is enough to give a $100,000 check. Um, And at the same time, he was, uh, you know, cutting people's pay and shit during the pandemic, uh, saying, like, Amazon needed to squeeze money because pandemic issues or whatever, because of supply chain. So this hoe is just... All these hoes are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Rich people hoard. And one thing I will say is it's like, you know, I did like when Mark Cuban came out and said, you know, billionaire Mark Cuban, he came out in favor of the stimulus checks because he said, like, you know, the stimulus checks help the economy. And it's sort of like of the opposite of um it's like the opposite of trickle down economics which never works because rich people just hoard money but when you give money to poor people they actually spend it and the last six hundred dollar check that they gave actually showed that it helped the economy so just give them more like they will not hoard it they can't afford to hoard it yeah Yeah. they'll spend the money in their local communities and that's Mm -hmm. how like honestly there is no trickle down. Like the trickle no. down is the rich pissing on us. Like that's <laughs> no, the oh, man. Yeah, no. The trickle up. Hashtag trickle up economics. Let's do it, people. Hashtag trickle up. <laughs> this is that. That's what's real. Rich people hoard, like, and they've hoarded yeah, like to the point dragons. of ridiculousness. <laughs> 
Okay, Veronica, maybe this next hot topic will be more, uh, less pessimistic. I don't know, but, um, uh, our next hot topic is, um, Hang on, I'm just changing uh, some graphics here. Uh, our next hot topic um, is about Bitcoin going up. And this segment I call That's Worth What? Which, by the way, <laughs> was a real TV show. It was the ghetto version of The Price is Right. Look it up. It was the best show ever. Oh um, anytime somebody would guess the price, people would, the whole audience would scream, That's Worth What? It was, it was awesome. Um, but anyway, that's. A, a little bit of my my ghetto life. Um, so anyway, back to Bitcoin. Bitcoin has hit an all time high after Tesla and Elon Musk invest one point five billion dollars into Bitcoin and are saying they're working on their internal system so they can accept Bitcoin for um, as payment. And right now, Bitcoin is at, well, 44,000 US. That's 56,000 Canadian. So a Tesla would just cost, a certain models would only cost one Bitcoin, which is what I've been holding on to. Um, but the uh, the question is, um, how high can this shit go? Like, this is starting to get um, ridiculous. My, I had always predicted that Bitcoin would hit 50,000 in 2020. Um, I was a little bit late. It took until 2021. But I've always thought that it, it would hit half a million dollars by my retirement. And my predictions have been pretty steady so far it was looking pretty bad when bitcoin was sort of stuck at like twelve thousand for a long time um but those who've been following cryptocurrency know like it hits these peaks and then it usually like stabilizes for like four or five years and then it like jumps again and usually what happens is it takes like a recession or some crazy shit to happen the last time it like blew up was um I think like during the Occupy Wall Street, it blew up. During the 2008 crash, it blew up. I think the 2008 crash was when it like really, really started skyrocketing. So, you know, every time something crazy happens, like a pandemic or whatever, like I swear to God, put your money into this shit. It's like the new gold because gold used to always go up when there was like a lot of, you know, turbulence in um, worldwide currencies. But I think Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies is the new shit. Like, when there's something crazy happening, like a pandemic, and you think everything's going to crash, I'm telling you, put your money into cryptocurrency. Um, what are what are um, what are your our uh, panelists' thoughts about Bitcoin and where it can go? What what's the future of Bitcoin? How will it affect the planet? Um, I don't understand cryptocurrency. If I'm honest, <laughs> I like I've tried to. And I understand that people are, you know, investing in it. But I feel like I'm like, to me, from someone who doesn't understand and maybe even like the general concept of it, I'm like, but it seems like fairy tale money to me. Those actual money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Think... And, that's, and, and that's why, like, to me, I'm just like, so, I, so if I have it and say it goes up, am I now really rich or am i fairy tale rich like i, oh, I no, want to no. know you're, I mean, you're if you convert it into cars then yeah <laughs> well no, yeah i'll take that you're actually rich so like when i first started with cryptocurrency it was really hard to convert it to actual cash it really was for a long time yeah. and i would say now, now 
It's so easy. Yeah, it like I can get like it used to take two weeks to get it in cash. Like it'd have to go through like these exchanges, all this stuff. Then I'd I'd get a bank transfer. It would take about two weeks. Sometimes like two to six weeks. Back in two thousand eight, it was like two to six weeks. Um, But now I can literally do an instant transfer from Coinbase to my PayPal account. And from PayPal, I could pay for anything. And PayPal, I can do an instant transfer to my bank account. So, like, I could, like, so say if I wanted to take my one Bitcoin, I could get that $56,000 by, like, probably 10 p.m. tonight if I really wanted to. Like, I'm that's, coming over. That's how quick you can convert it to PayPal and then PayPal into your account. Like, it is yeah. fast. It is real. Takes to move Bitcoin over to where you're going to convert it. It's just however many confirmations it takes. So it can take like 30 to 40 minutes to move over. Or if you felt like doing it, you could just, I mean, you could convert the Bitcoin to Ethereum and then transfer that over. And hopefully you don't lose too much. Or you might gain on the way there. Who knows? Oh and that would be a lot, a lot faster. Like if you just need it like immediately, then that's another way to do it. Um, yeah, man, it's going to go, I think. I think what's going to happen now is Bitcoin is just going to... I don't see it going down for a while. Um, like, I mean, it's going to fluctuate, but it's not. we're not going to see a crash the way we did in 2017 because that was all based on retail investors who didn't know what they were doing. So then... Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's institutional investment. So this is hmm. different. This is the shit I was waiting for in 2018. And then I oh. was like... Because I had a whole bunch and then things went awry. Uh, mm. <laughs> But yeah, then, I think... With, I still don't get it. You know, <laughs> I, I think... So at the point where the where my prediction of Bitcoin hitting half a million dollars is, is when the last Bitcoin is mined, so then there's scarcity. So there actually is a specific number of Bitcoin that can be mined, and at that point, no more can be mined. So I've always predicted that's the point where it'll hit half a million, because once you add scarcity into it... Um, then you can only trade the existing bitcoins. So yeah, that's all of my prediction. Divisible. It's it's very yeah. Like I mean, it goes yeah. down to like point zero zero zero. Like it goes like one satoshi. You could one day be worth hundreds or something. So it's like it's. I, I mean, I'm not. Huh. It, it's still going to split. Like I, even after they mine the last one. I, uh, I mean, it's going to be better for the world because, like, it's actually environmentally horrible to mine Bitcoin, but whatever. <laughs> um, it's almost as bad as actual mining. <clears throat> but um, but right now, this is the super cycle that we were waiting for, right? So now it's like all the institutional investors are coming in. Tesla was – they weren't even the first in the game. Like, MSTR jumped in for, like – they have, like – they're holding $3 billion, so Tesla jumped in with one point five. It's just going to be a lot of like FOMO. So like a lot of S&P 500 is going to be jumping in, blam, blam, blam. But what's going to happen is obviously as more of them jump in, the price is going to keep going up. So it's going to get more expensive for people to jump in. And there's going to hit a point where people are like, what's, you know, like it's no longer worth it like to hold this as a store of value. Like especially yeah. like because that's all it is right now. Like I wouldn't buy anything with Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. It's 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 an, it's appreciating. It's. A logarithmically appreciating asset right now. So it'd be insane to buy anything with Bitcoin. The one good <laughs> thing with buying shit with Bitcoin is like memberships to porn websites where you don't want them to have any of your real payment <laughs> information. Cryptocurrency is good for that shit. 
Yeah. I was just going to ask, is, like, where yeah. do you use cryptocurrency? That's what I see. I think what I don't understand about it, because I think someone tried to explain it to me and it's, it sounds like it's like a mathematical thing. And I was like, I don't get it. I just, I didn't, I, first of all, I took grade 10 math twice, both times I slept through. So, you know where I'm at with that. And I'm just like, just tell me what to do. Do I need to buy um, a Bitcoin or whatever it is I need to do? Do I need to look for a bitty daddy instead of a sugar <laughs> daddy? Just tell me what to do. God damn it. You know, I, I know a guy who he, he, okay. Like I'm so mad at myself because this was like 15 years ago or something like that. Right. And he, he mm. was like, yeah, I bought a plane with Bitcoin and I was what? like, cool. And then we just moved on. I'd be so rich if literally all I said was what? Explain that to me. Wow. I wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, I, I didn't care about money for a long time. I still don't, but I, I kind of now I'm kind of looking at it. I don't know why. Yeah. I, like, I literally, like, I, like, because in my mind, always I was like, if I have enough money to do whatever I want to do and I don't have to think about it, then great. And I've, I've been in that place for like 20 years. Uh, but recently I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's like deep into like Bitcoin and like he owns quite a few. And he was just like, why wouldn't you get as much money as possible? And I was like, well, because it takes time and effort. <laughs> and he was like, well, yeah, but he was like, but you don't want to get priced out of the future. Like what are those like some gene therapies or some shit? And then if you can't oh. afford that and then like oh. to extend, I was like, well, that's the only good argument I've heard. Wow, that's a very accumulation. That's a very specific. Yeah, I, I do think. Yeah, I do think wealth matters a little bit less in Canada. Obviously, it matters everywhere, but I think you can get comfortable to a point in Canada and it not matter anymore. In the U.S., you're always trying to outbid some hoe for a kidney or some shit. There's just too yeah. much shady shit in the U.S. Where if I was in the U.S., I might be a little bit more motivated. And the funny thing is I've never actually bought cryptocurrency. I've always just more mined it because, oh. I don't know, I, I always, I don't like playing the stock market, stuff like that, outside of like, you know, the couch potato method where you just sort of put it in um, at a low uh, interest rate into ETFs and stuff. But anyway, um, so for me with cryptocurrency, I never wanted to like pay for the cryptocurrency. I would just rather pay for equipment to like over the long term um make cryptocurrency and it's it's wow. worked out so far and uh it's it's Wait, it's still going it's still going up and up because uh I'm mining ethereum not bitcoin but ethereum has gone up with bitcoin this week so they seem to be tied quite a bit yeah. So wait, are you telling I mean, me you're you kind of... Get, I mean, you don't have to tell me numbers, but, like, is it still worth it? I guess if you're not paying for electric hydro and stuff like that. Yeah, because, like, it's, it's absolutely... Well, you know what? There was, there was a time where it wasn't worth it. I, yeah. Um, for most people, because of, like, electricity costs. But with the prices, like, exploding, and with the new, yeah. um, the new series of graphics cards that came out this year, they're much more efficient now. Um, so I think it was two generations ago, the, the 1070, 1080 series really made it worth it. Then the 2000 series was kind of terrible, but now it's back to being super efficient. Um, so hmm. I do think all those things combined, the price going up, plus the new graphics cards have made it, um, really huh? quite worth it again. Anyway, yeah, Veronica, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll tell you more about it later. Wait, wait, wait. 
are you like making money? Like literally, it's like you're making your own money. Is that what you're telling me? Because you're no, talking about graphics. It's, it's, yeah. money that it's, it's, it already exists, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. So basically, like what's happening is that Mom's computer is solving a math problem. Oh. I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but I think that is. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, it solves this math problem, and then if if it solves it correctly, then he is rewarded. Oh, see, that's why I don't get it. With yeah, some cryptocurrency. Yeah. yeah. The problem is, like, the more people do it, then you know, the less reward. Like, I'm just that's why I asked. I was just like, because I'm sure everybody and their mother is doing it right now, um, and so it's just like a matter of like how how much are you actually getting out of it, and is it worth the. Yeah, I, I think the lucky thing for me is, like, I have my old equipment, and so I just had to turn it back on, because um, nobody can buy a graphics card right now at all, um, yeah. because everybody's trying to mine. It's, it's, just, it's just crazy huh. right now. Every, everything's crazy. Um, but anyhow, uh, hopefully our audience uh, learned something there. Um, Veronica, I'm, I'm not sure she's shaking her I, I'm just um, like, just tell me if I need to invest. That's all. That's all I need to know. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm. Like, I'm. Yes. I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm pretty certain of the half a million by the time that I retire. I've been. Oh. I, I've been. I've been saying that from the beginning. It's pretty much on track because they like said the first milestone is fifty thousand by twenty twenty, and uh, it it only missed that by like a couple months. So it, it's still on yeah. track. Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully this. I, and I would go soon because it's going to start. Hmm. All right. Here I come. Cryptocurrency <laughs> that I don't understand. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, hopefully this next topic will be more in uh, in Veronica's wheelhouse. And uh, this <laughs> this segment I call "Is You for Real, Bitch?" <laughs> and oh, this no. is. <laughs> This one is about this one is about uh, viral TikTok star Tessica Brown um, from Louisiana. She was doing her hair, and her hair product called "Got to Be Glued" ran out, and um, she decided to then use Gorilla Glue on her hair, and her hair has not moved in weeks. Um, <laughs> She had to go to the emergency room, Gorilla Glue's PR department, like sent out a tweet giving her instructions, you know, use rubbing alcohol, warm soap. She's like, nothing's working. Like, it's actually quite dangerous because like her hair won't move, but new hair is growing in. And so it's like causing this cranium pressure that hopefully like it might deform her skull. Like this is some crazy shit going on. Um, so I don't, you know what, at first I was laughing because it's just so ridiculous, but then like you could see the pain in her eyes, like the more Instagram posts and TikTok she's posting, like at first it's funny. And then you're like, uh, I don't know if it's funny anymore and I feel bad for you. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Like I've done some stupid shit in my life. Like would I really think about putting Gorilla Glue in my hair? Maybe not. But as certainly done some crazy shit. I don't know. Let's uh, let's get Veronica in on this topic. What is happening with this Gorilla Glue? I saw her like that thing. It's literally her head is just 
it's it's <sighs> it's like a, it's on her head. It's shiny. It's by the way, I I have this in my. For those who are listening, you can't see it, but I actually have Gorilla Glue, <laughs> and I actually have used that got to be glued. I'm, and here's the thing. I don't know what she used because I've tried to use this Gorilla Glue to glue my toilet paper holder on the wall, and that shit falls off. So I don't know how she used it. <laughs> and what am I doing wrong? Yes, I agree. I, I, was, I was like, well, why would you do that? I mean... And that just says a lot about the pressure of trying to look perfect, that you're <laughs> going to put Gorilla Glue on your head because you think it's a good idea. Let's not even talk about her eyeliner and her eyelashes, for one thing. That's another crazy thing, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to give her the day off on that because, yes, I, I was, like, laughing hilariously, and then I thought, yeah, this looks painful, and I... Yeah. It's such a stupid mistake. It's such a stupid mistake, and you can't live it down. Like you're on, you're, you're viral. <laughs> yeah, Lizzie, she's getting a lot of followers. Like people are following. Like each, like each. Me too. TikTok post just gets worse than the last one, and she's yeah. just at this emergency room, and people are like. I was like, are they going to use a buzz saw? Like, do they have to get like some oh, surgical God. equipment? I don't know what's going on. This poor girl. It's yeah. I, this is what happens when you don't read. <laughs> this, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I, I will say I felt kind of bad doing this topic because I didn't know because, you know, like, you know, black girls and black girl hair, you know, there's this whole thing. I don't want to like as an Asian be commenting on like a black woman's hair. There's like a whole cultural thing going on there. It's black <laughs> yeah, history so as an month. Asian, we should be selling black women hair. That's, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, the yeah, thing is, you know, right. like, yeah. I don't want to go down... Or, like, just pile on because like, it's Black History Month and, you know, black hair, it's, it's its own thing. But, like, oh, my God, this was just too crazy. I was like, we can't not talk about it. Like, girl. Yeah. Girl. Her hair, her hair is black history. Yes. Her ha- yeah, exactly. And you know what? Look, it says right on here, it says it's water resistant. It's past whatever, I don't know, test. It's got, it, not, it dries a natural color. So maybe that's what she, she liked yeah. about it. But it's mildew resistant, so I mean, at least there won't be mildew growing on her head. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know, man. She's she's gonna sue Gorilla Glue, but for what? <laughs> what like, I don't understand. Like, I know, what's the warning? Like, I mean, it didn't yeah. say to not use this on your hair. Like, uh, oh yeah, my yeah. god, this girl. I will say, I will... there's no flyaways. Like, her hair is pretty tight. No. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll give her that. It like, tight. it is photo shoot ready, yeah. even weeks later. Yeah. So. You know, if you want a permanent hairdo. I will say I know I can attest to it um, staying on except for my toilet paper holder because I can't even open this bottle anymore (laughs) because because the Gorilla Glue has dried the cover on and I can't open it. So, Mm. you know, I don't know what to say. I feel bad for her. But at the same time, I it's like a big I told you so. Oh, here, here's here's the mom coming out. <laughs> I just. What like, would you do if your daughter gorilla glued her hair? I would be like, too bad. You live with it. <laughs> live with it. I just. Why? You know what? One time, so I I did that whole eyelash extension thing, and um, and I don't anymore because it's the pandemic. And the girl used weave glue on my eyelashes. <laughs> she said, "Oh, because it stays on better." 
And then, of course, after I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, because you just you don't even think that far. So I kind of understand she just thought, oh, you know, whatever, it's a hack. But I will say that (laughs) afterwards I went to research it and I thought, what the hell did I just put close to my eyeball? (laughs) So I kind of get it. um, But it's got a picture of a gorilla on the front. It's it's called it's. Girl, just stop. No, this is the best advertising for Gorilla Glue ever. Like, I know. I they know. don't even have to. This is like a t- unpaid testimonial. And it's like the it most really viral is. thing happening right now. Like, I'm sure sales of Gorilla Glue are about to go up. People are like, shit, you can use this for everything. Yeah. Yeah. What I love. I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, like, on CNN, like, I read this article on CNN. And then what happens is, like, the related article is Simone Williams breaks Guinness World Record for largest afro. Then you see her with like this massive <laughs> amount of hair, which, <laughs> which I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jessica probably would have, uh, oh. been like, <laughs> sorry, Jessica, sorry. we, we send all our thoughts and prayers. Hope <laughs> We hope you can uh, get your hair right. But I, you know what? I will say her hair does look pretty tight. It it looks good. There's worse. It does. It, it looks good. So I feel like for the first few days, she probably wasn't regretting it, but it, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, it is what it is. Um, well, uh, now just to finish off our show, our um, final topic is the Asian Film Club Movie of the Week. And this week's movie of the week is on Netflix, and it is titled The White Tiger. This movie is huge. It's in the top ten of Netflix right now. Um, it is uh, it is based on a novel by Arvind Adiga. I think is a New York Times bestseller. It is about a poor servant who drives for a rich Indian family and then rises um, above his caste uh, to become this rich entrepreneur. And it's about all the different things that he's willing to do to get there. And um, it's starring the lovely Priyanka, Trop- uh, Priyanka Chopra. I think now Priyanka Chopra... Jonas, um, since she got married, and uh, uh, Raj Kumar Rao, Adarsh Gore. Um, I will say, I didn't really grow up watching a lot of like Bollywood or films starring brown people, but I will say, like, the acting in this, um, Priyanka Chopra, I can see why she was a Bollywood star before she came to Hollywood. You know, it was in a supporting role, but this girl can act. She is, she just really grabs your attention. Um, you know, as usual, my focus in movies is, like, the characters. And, you know, I, I did kind of go along with the main character. He has quite a journey. Um, the only thing I'll say about the movie is I kind of wish they did it more as, like, a season. Like, a six-episode season, like Stranger Things or something. There's just elements that I felt like, okay, in the book, they probably dove in further. And in a series, you could, like, expound on each of these things. Um, but that would be my only complaint, which isn't really much of a complaint because I still enjoyed it. Um, I thought the characters were intriguing. Like I, said, I didn't quite get as invested because it did 
seem a little bit more plot driven because they only had two hours to tell it. But I could tell, I could tell these characters had more richness that I could dive into. And, you know, maybe if I read the book, but let's be real, that shit ain't happening. (laughs) So maybe they're going to remake it as a TV show at some point. And, uh, and yeah, I, I I thought their depictions of rich people, you know, the whole, you know, eat the rich um, or kill them or whatever. Do what you got to do. You know, they showed consequences at the end. He really wanted to be up there. He was willing to sacrifice everything, including his family. Um, and I just wish I could have felt it a little bit more. I will also say that as a as a book, translation they sort of use like too easy of a cinema a cinematic crutch of he just narrated the whole movie and i feel like if you had it as a series they could do what cinema is supposed to which is you know show me don't tell me whereas this one it was a little too much tell me because i ain't got enough time to show your ass um so that's that's my only thing. So it's worth watching, but maybe not the tra- best translation of a book ever. But the story itself was good. Um, let's first uh, head on over to Leonard for his thoughts. Um, I liked it. It was really good. Um, I mean, it helped that I ate a weed gummy before I watched it. That was really <laughs> uh, enhanced the movie quite a bit. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was good. I thought it was like, Fairly well paced um, until I would say like the last five to ten minutes kind of was like, oh, I, I feel like we've skipped some steps mm. <laughs> to get to the end. Mm. And I didn't think I guess this movie is still on Netflix right now and is relatively new. So maybe spoilers are a thing. So I'm not going to say what happens. Oh, no, um, I'll, I'll, I'll put a spoiler tag on this. I, I spoiled half the movie already anyway. So feel free. I'll, okay, so I'll, I'll put a tag on with spoilers. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're talking about spoilers. So uh, spoiler alert right now. Uh, basically, like beginning the middle of the third act, like he murders <laughs> the son. And... I didn't know if, like, it was, I wasn't clear if his character was going to do it. I was like, have they earned this murder? Mm. Like, from a character perspective, like, Mm. does that guy deserve it? And maybe he doesn't, which I think maybe is more to the point where, is he desperate enough to do this? And is that, does that make sense? And um, I don't know, maybe. I'm kind of, I mean, it was well designed, and then I'm still asking the question, right? So, um, but yeah, that's like the only flaw. Also, like the way he murdered him, I was just like, "Look, man, if I'm going to murder somebody, I'm going to like choose a much sharper object." <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that he used like a broken glass bottle, and I was just like, "I would just get a real sharp knife." Like it's hard enough to murder people yeah. than, than using an implement that requires probably quite a bit of strength, and you have to go for a neck, which is I don't know, man. That's <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think, yeah, I I think I had the same thing of like, has this been earned? And I, I'm just assuming that in the book it was more earned. Um, so yeah. I, I just mm-hmm. kind of let it go a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's you know that's, that's sort of my my, my thoughts. Uh, Veronica, what what did you think of the White Tiger? You know what I I loved it, and mm. the, it's actually one of the books I have that I haven't read. <laughs> 
So <laughs> it's decorating my bookshelf. Um, I actually wish I had read it before I saw the movie because often I always hate the movie. Um, in this case, I, I have no idea, but I liked it. I do. I felt the gap too, um, but I was actually cheering him on the whole way. I was like, yeah, get him. Get that money. <laughs> I, it, You know what was really odd to me is that he kind of referred to his... Um, what do they call them? Their master? Is that what he called him? I I think he called him because I think he was calling him his master. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He kind of there was a reference in it where he it almost sounded like he was referring to him in almost this uh, like in a relation in a type of a relationship like a more mm. uh, yeah it was odd it was very very weird and he was like do I love him or do I hate to love him and I was like I get that I get that. I was I was happy with what he did, kind of. I don't know. That's sort of not the murder part, but I was like, yes, go get that money and go find whatever loophole you can to make extra money and and do you. Probably because that's how I feel right now. I'm like, just do you. <laughs> oh yeah, you know when I was I was watching with my boyfriend and there was that segment, you know, where the guy died, and I had actually thought of doing this segment on the show of the Rice Podcast, a recurring one called No Sympathy, where we talk about like uh, people dying, Ma- mainly people of like uh, I know there was like this Republican who died this week, and before oh, wow. I figured out he was Republican, I felt bad, but then he was like a COVID denier and he died of COVID, so I was going to do this segment called like No Sympathy. But I, I think maybe that might be too morbid. It's a weekly segment. But like literally when he killed that um when he killed that rich guy, I was like, do it. Like this guy treats you like trash. You you get what you gotta get. Now I did feel bad that then they killed his whole village of like 17 people. Um or yeah. you know, that was yeah, some of, of sad. Pro- some of those people probably didn't deserve to die. Some of them <laughs> mm-hmm. one of them maybe did, but the rest of them really didn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I will say, you know, I don't know if there's another follow-up book, but this also kind of felt like um, like an origin story. So I feel like it'd be interesting to see where the author could take this character. Um, huh. Because I kind of felt like it was unfinished. I was like, okay, so you've taken him to now he's this kingpin. But I sort of feel like, okay, great. Now we know who he is. But now I feel like here's like the real story so i don't know if there's like a follow-up book um there probably should be because now i'm invested in this guy yeah me too i actually you know what i would love to see a series about this to be like i yeah i agree where i would like them to sort of go deeper into yeah i would totally watch that series also a huge takeaway for me it's not deep at all there was a mention of pizza did you catch this it was a macaroni and cheese pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to try that. Do we have that here? <laughs> I... I've, I've eaten it before. Yes? You've had macaroni and cheese pizza? Yeah, wow. but I think I had it in America. Because, oh. of course, they oh. put carbs on carbs yeah. in America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but if, I'm sure it exists. I'm just going to Google real quick. Yeah, Google yeah. will tell us everything. Uh, the, the other thing I want to mention is like the Themes. So let's just dive in a little bit on our thoughts of the themes. Um, you know, one of the themes is obviously, you know, um, how people are imprisoned by their thoughts. And, mm. you know, 
the, there is a line in there where, you know, you, you've been looking for the door, but the key has been in front of you the whole time. And I will say this, this, this really resonated with me because, you know, I, I grew up in the ghetto and um, it really is a thought process of if there's anything you can you can give someone who's young is to open their minds to the possibility of the world. Because I'm telling you where I grew up, my dream in life was to make $40,000. That's like rich where I come from. And it was just like, <laughs> yeah. no, seriously, seriously. Like you don't, you don't dream big. Like you just don't even think it's possible. You're just like, uh, get a steady job, you know, $40,000. That's like cashing in. Um, and that's literally as big as you dare to dream. And you just need to, I don't know. And then I went to Calgary for school and then I saw like these dumb white people making lots of money. And I was like, I can make more money than these dumb bitches. And then it opened up my brain, right? To the possibilities. But if you never leave and I have friends in Winnipeg who will have been born and died and have never left Winnipeg. So like vacations and stuff aren't really that big a thing in the ghetto. So you never really get exposed. You never think. And obviously I didn't read growing up. So like you you just don't think about the possibilities. So that line about, you know, the key's been in front of you the whole time. It is true. Like the whole servant mentality. Like if you don't know any better, if you don't know what you're capable of, like nobody has to stop you because you're going to stop yourself. And I thought that was yep. a powerful theme. Yep. Oh. I haven't seen a movie about the nature of servitude before, so that was really interesting mm. to me. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I remember in the Philippines, when I, I went when I was 15 and 19, and they had a servant. And I remember it was just such a strange thing for me to come across. And I was like, what do you mean you have a servant? Like, it was just so foreign to me, or it, it's was something I read about in books. Um, but that whole imprisonment imprisonment of the, the mind, yeah, that was actually 40,000 was my goal too. Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I don't know why, that number was just like this nice round number. And actually, I will say, so I lived in Scarborough when my son was very young and I moved very deliberately back to the Don Mills area where I grew up around all those rich people um, because I wanted him to be able to see that and know that it was accessible to him as well. Um, so yeah, I, I totally get that. I mean, if you don't see it, you're not going to know that it's attainable. So yeah, like Bitcoin for me, I didn't know it was what it was. <laughs> now yeah. I know it's attainable. <laughs> it is very attainable. Literally, you could have, in five minutes, you could have Bitcoin. I am going to do that. Like, it, as soon as we get off here, I'm going to, yeah. Yeah, go to, I don't know if uh, Leonard has any recommendations, but I, I've been using Coinbase.com. Um, I don't buy anything from there. I use ShakePay. Coinbase charges quite a premium. Oh, You're really? going to have to drop this in the chat because it's like going over my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, thanks for your thoughts on the white tiger. Um, I I will say again, I, I really liked seeing uh, brown characters on screen. It is not something that I really grew up with. Um, yeah. So seeing it in a mainstream kind of movie that's trending on Netflix is super cool. Um, you know, yeah. thank thank you to uh, thank you to our panelists Leonard Chan and Veronica Antipolo. Th 
thank you to our listeners, both on the podcast and on our live broadcast. Um, this has been uh, Rice Asian Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Vong Show, official spokesperson for Gay Super Cute Asians. And that's what's up. Sponsored by Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs>